Beach at the Chelsea Retirement Community. For those of you who don't know me well, I'm a chaplain up in the retirement community. That's my day job. Uh, and each week that I am up there, uh, I act as a chaplain, but also as a Christian educator, because we never stop learning. And some of my best students up there are in their 90s, which is amazing to me. So each week at the Chelsea Retirement Community, I teach in three different groups of people. The first group is an independent living, those folks, and there are quite a few retired clergy and clergy spouses. It's a tough crowd. <laughs> We've got a clergy spouse as our liturgist here. That's a tough crowd. They know what they're talking about, and they keep me on my toes. One section is with my assisted living residents, who I know the best, and have a high level of trust each way in our conversations with one another. The third is a small group of people. It's a different small group every week. Are residents in memory care. These are the folks who have dementia in one of its many forms. So this week in my dementia care group, I asked the question, who has been your most cherished friend? And to my surprise, each one had a story of a good friend that they have had. Now, these are folks, to be clear, have lost much of their memory. One gentleman who now doesn't even speak very much at all, right away, named the name of his best friend. And I asked him, how long have you been friends? I almost didn't expect an answer from him. He doesn't talk that much. But he said, I can't remember a time when I have been without him. One woman talked about her best friend from high school she loved dearly. Her friend got married right after high school and moved to another state. Now this happened 70 years ago, and the affection in this woman's voice when she talked about her high school friend was right there. It was written all over her face. It was almost as if, after all these years, she still missed her friend. One gentleman in the assisted living class talked about his hunting and fishing buddy. They spent, they loved to spend time outside because they were both attorneys. One of them was a judge. And any time they could get outside, they could forget about the stress of their work and just be themselves and be quiet in the company of each other. Friendships are all really unique from one another, I have found. Some last for a some are friendships for an entire lifetime. Some friendships are based on common interests, hobbies, or work, or travel. Some are based on deep, vulnerable conversations. And some friendships are based on doing fun things together. Some are based on shared goals like raising children or volunteering together. Some friendships are based on circumstance. People are just my grandmother had a good friend named Betty, who was our next-door neighbor. Now, we loved that family, and they loved us. Neither Granny nor Betty knew how to drive a car, which was fairly common back then. Both were caring for children, and both of them, I think, were pretty lonely. 
Each day they would go outside and sit on the fence and talk to each other over a cup of coffee. Betty was a first-generation Polish-American who wore bright red lipstick and thick pancake makeup. She made sure her brood of unruly children went to mass faithfully every Sunday. And it wasn't unusual to see her charging down the street in her bathrobe with her hair in rollers, yelling at her kids all over the neighborhood when they were doing something ridiculous, which was usually every day. She would yell, and I, let me just preface this, she would yell all over the neighborhood, and she would say, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, get back in the house. And my grandmother would stand in the front window and just pluck her tongue at the sight of that happening. Granny was a displaced West Virginia country gal who didn't want anybody to know her business. She was more private. And she made sure from inside the house that we all, all of us kids, looked and acted well-behaved like we were obedient children. Betty and Granny were of opposite temperaments of one another, really. And yet they cherished each other's and each morning you leave, and then his husband's job changed, and they had to move away. They had an excellent friendship, and an imperfect one. We are continuing in our Old Testament study of some of the stories of King David today, and we have the story of a deep and affectionate friendship between David and Jonathan, who was the son of King Saul. You may remember from previous weeks that God had rejected Saul as king and instead chose David. And after the defeat of the giant Goliath, David was compelled to live in the house of King Saul, where he had a really complicated relationship with the king. Imagine it. David was much more popular with the people than Saul was. David's courage and natural leadership, his ability to sing and play the harp, all of these things became legendary. And just as you might guess, Saul was really jealous. Saul's jealousy, his mental instability, and his impulsive violence made him unpredictable. But Saul's son, Jonathan, loved David. <coughs> It is described that he loved David more than he loved his very own soul. They made a covenant with one another that they formalized, pledging to be friends and also that future generations would continually be bound to one another. Their friendship meant that Jonathan often had to protect David from the wrath of King Saul. And yet Jonathan fought in battle against the Philistines, right alongside his father. Jonathan had to bridge the gap between his loyalty to his father and the love of his friend David. Jonathan also gave up his place in the line of succession for kingship himself. He might have ascended to the throne, after all, as Saul's son. His love of David required great personal sacrifice, but it also required him to commit himself to what God wanted. Later on, when Jonathan was killed in battle, on the same day as his father, King Saul, 
gather in the company of one another and listen together to know what God would show us. And you who are tuning in remotely are doing the same thing, quiet in your hearts, listening for God's direction. But there is nothing like being in the same room together and holding the space in patient silence with one another, waiting for God to show up. I think that, of this time, God has also been waiting for us. And remember, there are all kinds of friendships. Some are made of deep and vulnerable conversations, and this is certainly the place for that. Some friendships are based on a shared project, and that happens here, too. We work together as a congregation to serve people both near and far. Some friendships are based on shared goals like tending and growing a church. It's time to come home to this place. It's time for us to physically gather together again in the blessing of that friendship that sustains us and calls us into God's way of being, and then to extend that friendship far beyond the boundary of this place and into the hearts of all people. It's time to remember and become intentional about our friendship with God and about our friendship with one another. It's a new beginning and a continuation of friendship, and I look forward to all of us gathering together I look forward to all of us coming home. I'll see you all next week. Amen? Amen. Let us sing together what a friend we have in Jesus.